that really in the Bible? You live in a world where everyone has an opinion about the Bible. Of what values are your beliefs if they are not clearly found in the pages of your Bible? The question we must ask is, are your opinions and beliefs really found in the Bible? Well, hello, I'm David Freeman Webb. Is that really in the Bible? Who has not heard of the, in the news recently, the Charleston, South Carolina killing? Dylan Roof walked into a black church, a church of African Americans, white boy, killed nine people at a church, for pity's sakes. And it was interesting that some of the things they said that, you know, he stayed for about an hour and he stayed for the Bible study. And he made the comment that the people were so nice that he nearly talked himself out of it. Now, I want to deal with a question today that I think a lot of religious people have, but may be afraid to ask. And, but yet it's running through their minds. In fact, I think this question is running through a lot of people's minds, whether you're religious or not. And the question is, why? Why, God, why didn't, why did you allow, why did you allow this to happen? Couldn't you have stopped Dylan Roof from committing this horrendous crime against innocent people at a church? Why didn't you stop? Why didn't you do something, God? Now, this is the question I want to try to answer today. And I'm going to give you the answer right now. Let's not beat around the bush here. Let's get right to the answer as to why God didn't stop this crime. Here it is. God refuses to change the consequences of our decision making. Let me repeat that. God refuses to change the consequences of our decision-making. Now, let me try to explain how it works. Okay, let me ask you a question. What is the consequences of smoking three packs of cigarettes for 40 years? What's the consequences? Well, the consequences is lung cancer, emphysema. That's the consequences you're probably going to die, you know, especially if you get that. Now, I know there are people, you know, George Burns, who smoke cigar every day or whatever, you know, and live to be 90, however old he lived to be. I forget how much, but, you know, there's, there's people that sort of, maybe their immune system is stronger than others. But, you know, smoking three packs of cigarettes for 40 years is not a good thing. Now, you know, if a person comes to me and says, you know, I have lung cancer, emphysema, would you pray for me that God would heal me? You know, I suppose I could pray for that person, anoint that person, I suppose. But listen to me. I will have no faith that God will heal you. Why? Because God refuses to change the circumstance, the consequences of our decision making. Now, what if God healed all smokers who got emphysema and lung cancer? Well, if God did that, in other words, if he dealt with the consequences, 
you would never learn that smoking is harmful to your health. Some people never learn it, period. I mean, they, even though it's on the pack of cigarettes, they still don't learn it. What is the consequences of two teenagers in the back seat of a car in the heat of passion getting ready to make love? I'm talking about a boy and a girl, by the way. It's ironic that I have to mention that. And I pervert it, twist it, sick, demented society. But I'm talking about male and female, okay. That's the only way you can actually get pregnant. Uh, anyway, but it's a shame I even have to mention that. But what are the consequences? Two people in the backseat of a car in the heat of passion. Well, the consequences is an unwanted pregnancy. A child born into the world that is not loved, not wanted, not cared for, not appreciated, not special, as children should be. How does this affect your society? Well, a child grows up unable to trust anyone, often hateful, misunderstood, and, hey, who knows, ends up killing others. Yeah, let's not kid ourselves. I mean, when we talk about the consequences of your and mine, decision-making. Good decisions, bad decisions. Good decisions we can deal with. But, you know, those bad decisions and the consequences of those bad decisions can be devastating. Now, what if God would abort all unwanted pregnancy? You know, well, would we ever learn to live responsibly if God did that? God refuses to change the consequences of our decision making. You see, God created us a free moral agent with the ability to choose right and wrong. In fact, we were, some people think that we were created with a, a sin nature. I don't really believe that. I think we were created neutral. Neutral with the capacity to go in either direction, the direction of good, the direction of evil. And it's a choice. And God said, choose, you know, choose you this day. It was uh, the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And he wanted us to choose. And that freedom of choice is something that God will never take away. Now, isn't that good? Now, let me ask you a question. Do you want God to take away your freedom to choose? Let's deal with that for a moment. Do you want God to take away your free moral agency, your ability to choose between right and wrong? Let's, take, let's go back to the couple in the back seat of a car in the heat of passion, getting ready to make love. And out of that union comes an unwanted pregnancy. Do we really want God at that moment to intervene and stop us from doing that? Well, you know the answer as well as I do. The answer is, well, no, of course not. I want to do what I want to do. Uh, do you know? It's and and what about what about the smoker? What about the smoker? Do we really want? You know, when we get ready to light up an invisible breath of air to come out and put out the cigarette or put out the lighter or whatever, no matter what you got, whether you got a Zippo or not, it just won't. If a flame goes out every time I hold it up to my cigarette, yet do we want God to intervene? and stop us from killing ourselves. No, we, what we really want is to do what we really want to do. That's what we want.
Now, here's the ironic part. We don't seem to want God to take away our freedom, but we wouldn't mind if God took away the consequences of our bad decision making. You know what I mean? You know, it, it's, I, I want my freedom to choose to do whatever I want to do. And God, believe me, gives us that. That's why we cry out sometimes, God, why did you allow this to happen? Couldn't you take this away? Couldn't you have stopped this crazy guy from going into a church and killing innocent people? God will never take away your freedom. And if you're, free to, if you're free to choose to do the right thing, you're free to choose to do the wrong thing. You understand what I'm saying? That's the way freedom works. It's a double-edged sword, you know. If you're free to do the right thing, you're free to do what is wrong. And God will never take that away from you. But you know, we want, it seems, to have our cake and eat it too. Oh, Lord, don't take away my freedom to choose to do what I want to do, but I wouldn't mind you, Lord, when I make a stupid mistake, I make a bad decision, I wouldn't mind you taking away the consequences of that bad decision. Listen, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Now let's take a look at Genesis 1 and verse 26 and look at how God created us, created mankind. And God said, Genesis 1 and verse 26, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. Now listen to me. God has the ability through knowledge and experience to always choose to do the right thing. And there are no bad consequences. That's the nature of God. That's, the, that's what's really great about God is that he has this ability to always choose to do the right thing and therefore there are no bad consequences because he's not making bad decisions. Now, imagine yourself for a moment with the, with the ability, the absolute confidence in knowing that you could always make, when faced with a decision, this is good, this is bad, that you could always make the right decision and therefore there would be no bad consequences because you were always making the right decisions. Can you imagine the absolute confidence you could live with? I mean, I mean man, that, that would be great. You know, that is exactly what God is doing through mankind. It's called conversion. It's, it's the process of, you know, being called and, and accepting Christ as your personal Savior and unconditional surrender and baptism and receiving the Holy Spirit. But the process of conversion, when God said, I'm going to create man in, my, in our image, in our likeness, God is saying, the Father and the Son are speaking, they're saying that we're going to create man like us. And they're going to one day have the ability through a process called conversion, through that process of receiving the Spirit of Christ in your mind, they're going to come to a point to where they can make, they can look at good and evil, and they can make the right choice. Therefore, there are no bad consequences. It's really a blessing when you think about it. It really is. But again, I come back to this. God refuses to change the consequences of our decision-making, especially the bad decisions that we make. With the good decisions, there are no consequences. Well, yes, there are consequences. You're blessed. Your life works. Everything goes well for you with the good decisions that you make. But with the bad decisions, there are 
consequences, deadly sometimes consequences. Now, what is it that you do not like about your world or this world? Well, I sure don't like people going into a church and killing people. I mean, that's, that's for sure. I don't like it when I hear about murder and rape and incest and, and the filth of our nation and, and, and you know, gay marriages and, and we don't even know what consequence, what, we don't even know what constitutes a marriage. <laughs> we're playing dumb. God created male and female, but we're playing dumb. We like playing dumb. It's fun to play dumb. Yeah, duh, I don't, I don't know, man, I don't know. <laughs> what are you talking about? Male and female, what's that? Uh, we like playing dumb. Okay, all right, what is it about this world that you don't like? All right, listen to me. This world is the direct results of our decision making. Think about that. Think about what I just said. This world is the direct results of our decision making and reaping the consequences of bad decisions. That's what your world is all about. All right, let's take a look at this in the Bible about decisions uh, that we can make and the consequences of those decisions. Deuteronomy 28 and verse 15. Deuteronomy 28 and verse 15. But it shall come to pass, if you will not hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command you this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Now, we're talking about a decision. And the decision here is not to hearken unto the voice of God. The decision is not to keep his commandments. And then we have the consequences. It says that all these curses shall overcome us and to overtake thee. Bad decisions, consequences. Okay? That's all we're dealing with. All right, Deuteronomy 28 and verse 16. All right, cursed shall you be in the city. Yes, we are. We hear about a boy that goes in and kills nine people in the city, the town of Charleston, South Carolina. And cursed shall you be in the field. Yes, your farmland, your supply of fruits and vegetables, all that stuff. Verse 17, cursed shall, you be, shall be your basket and your store. We're talking here financial uh, blessings here, but you're going to be cursed. Deuteronomy 28 and verse 18, cursed shall be the fruit of your body. Uh-oh, that's children being born. And the fruit of your land, the increase of your kind, your flocks and your sheep. Now, let me just say something here. So far, we're sort of dealing with what I would call natural results of God, of, of being cursed that come out of just, you know, not obeying God. There are natural, in other words, I don't know if God has to lift a hand to do anything when we disobey God. I think they're just natural result, results, natural consequences that just fall out when we disobey God and we don't hearken unto God. These are like natural results that follow. It's not as if God has to lift a hand to cause these things to happen. But having said that, let's continue on. Deuteronomy uh, 28 and verse 19. Curse it shall you be when you come in, and curse it shall you be when you go out. 
Man, these are consequences of disobedience. You are a curse. You know, you could wear a shirt, cursed. You know, and that would explain it. And it's all about bad decisions. The decision not to hearken unto God and not to keep his Ten Commandments. Now we come to something in addition to the natural fallout. Here we come into verse, uh, Deuteronomy 28 and verse 20. We start to deal with God's sort of like direct intervention of cursings. Because here we go. Let's read this. The Lord shall send upon thee cursings. Now here we have God's hand in the, you know, in the picture here. Vexation and rebuke in all that you set your hand unto do. You know, it's like you try to do something and it never works out. Everything falls apart. Everything goes wrong. Until you be destroyed and until you perish quickly before, because, notice this, because, what is the cause? Because of the wickedness of your doing, where, whereby you have forsaken me. So here is another element that enters into the picture. You have forsaken God. Now how can we say that? How can the Bible say that? when there are 450,000 churches that dot our land, when there are about 650,000 preachers in America. How can we say that? You, you, you've, you've forsaken me. You know, all these people, oh Lord, I love Jesus and just invite Jesus into your heart. Well, it almost seems like that the kind of Christianity we've been practicing, practicing isn't working. I'm not saying that Christianity will not work. I'm just saying the kind that we've been practice, practicing as a nation doesn't seem to work. We're not getting closer to God, is what I'm saying. We're drifting further away. Okay. So, no longer are we talking about natural consequences. Here we begin to see what God will do if we don't obey Him. Now, let's take a look at another verse here. Deuteronomy 28 and verse 22. The Lord shall smite thee with a consumption and with fever and with inflammation and with extreme burning and with the sword, and the sword always represents war, and with blasting and with mildew, and they shall pursue thee until you perish. Here we go into the category of being overtaken by our enemy, such as China basically owns America. Things like that. Now look, I know this is negative. We're talking about cursings that God is going to send on good old Uncle Sam, okay? Now listen, I, I clearly understand if you want to turn the channel and watch Joel Olstein talk about God's a blessing machine and he just wants to give you that four-car garage and that BMW, listen, I have no quarrels against, against you doing just that, listening to that kind of religious pablum and living in a fantasy land. I will let you sleep on if you want to sleep on in your religious fantasy land thinking that God's just going to pour out blessings because of our disobedience. You can continue to sleep on. But listen, as far as the cursings are concerned, we're just getting started here. Let's continue on. Deuteronomy 28 and verse 23. And the heavens that is over your head shall be brass, and the earth that is under thee shall be as iron. The Lord, verse 24, the Lord shall make the rain of thy land powder and dust 
from heaven shall it come down upon thee until you be destroyed. Has anybody considered the drought in California? Have you seen some of those pictures of the what once was a beautiful lake and it's a little puddle of water in the middle? And they've got all these, you know, it, I mean, it's, it's unreal what is happening. Does anybody ever think, okay, cause and effect here. Because of our disobedience, you know, there are consequences. Deuteronomy 28 and verse 28. The Lord shall smite thee with madness and with blindness and astonishment of heart. Well, what happened to Dylan Roof, a madman? And we are astonished that he would go into a church and kill nine innocent people. Are we not? Deuteronomy 28 and verse 47. Because you serve not, this is the reason for all the cursing. Because you serve not the Lord, your God, with a joyfulness and with gladness of heart for the abundance of all things. This is the reason. Because you didn't serve God. Listen, it's not that difficult to serve God. God wants you to obey Him. He wants you to keep His Ten Commandments. He doesn't want you to just go to church and play church and feel spiritual and think that you're religious and think you're heaven bound. You've got a soul factory. You're going to go to heaven and retire you know, and do nothing for all eternity. You know, there's more to, to, to a relationship with God than just playing church okay, and singing in the choir and feeling good about yourself. There's more to it. God wants you to obey Him. Okay? And because you didn't obey him, and you didn't thank him for all the wonderful things God has given America, all the freedoms, all the wonderful state parks and the beauty of our land and, and the freedom that we have, and you just wasn't, you didn't just rejoice. How hard is it to go to church and rejoice and say, God, I am thankful for all that you've given us, and, and, and try to obey him. How hard is this? Is a relationship with God impossible for you? Do you have that much resentment in your heart toward, toward your Creator that you can't even do that? You can't even say thank you. It's, it's unreal. It's unreal. Now, there are decisions that, we have, that, that, that have been made, and there are decisions that are being made right now in our government and in our administration that the consequences are going to be devastating, such as the, some of the decisions about our Constitution, the abandonment of not paying attention to our Constitution, not living by that. You know, it's going to be devastating. Decisions that have already been made by this administration. I was listening to the president just recently talking about this event, this shooting in Charleston. And immediately he starts talking about gun control. Gun control. I mean, guns don't kill people. Don't we know that? It's the loose nut on the end of the shaft that's killing people. It's not the guns. I saw something on Facebook. It said, and, and it said, said Cain killed Abel with a rock. <laughs> it's not a gun problem that we have. It's a heart problem. And how true it is. Jeremiah 17 and verse 9 says this. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? You know, God's solution to our heart problem. He has a solution. And it's found in Hebrews 10 verse 16. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days. We're talking about the new covenant, by the way. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds I will write them. We're talking about conversion here. We're talking about accepting Christ as your personal Savior. We're talking about unconditional surrender on your part. We're talking about repentance. We're talking about baptism. We're talking about receiving the Spirit of God that will change and transform this man or woman in the mirror. That's all we're talking about. 
We're talking about conversion. We're talking about changing the heart, the evil heart. Why didn't God stop Dylan Roof from killing nine people? Again, the answer, God refuses to change the consequences of our decision making. Which means we create the world in which we live by our decisions. Think about that. We create the world in which we live. If you don't like it, look at your decisions that you're making. Look at some of the stupid decisions that you're making. And focus on the good ones. The good ones, good decisions have good consequences. Bad decisions have bad consequences. Now when I consider this whole story of this murder that took place of nine innocent people, and I think about what was said, what Dylan said, that the people were so nice to him that he nearly talked himself out of it. You know, there were two minds at work in this young man. The one mind he found at church temporarily just by being there for one hour. He found out the people were nice. The other mind he received from the world. Now the world, you know, the Bible, your Bible says Satan is the God of this world, okay? Who's the God of this world? Satan. And if you feed your mind on the things of this world, its entertainment, its books, its internet forums, its sitcoms, its liberal media, you are under the influence of the world. You know, I've said before, just watch, if you watch soap operas, you would assume what you're supposed to do is commit adultery on your wife, cheat on your wife, if that's all you fed your mind on. <clears throat> Where did Dylan get his anger, his hatred, his racism from? There's a monster inside of all of us. And all you gotta do is feed it the information from the world and it will become a full-blown monster. You know, the Bible is the only foundational source of truth. You've got to have it to counter the world. If you're just feeding your mind on the world, you're gonna become a monster. Now, let me clarify something here. Satan cannot go into a church and kill people. He uses human instruments, human minds. And God works in a similar manner. God works through human instruments and human minds. When it came down to that final moment, there were two minds at work. The one was so familiar with him. The other had little impact on his life because of the decisions that he had made. Church, God had very little impact because that's not what he chose. He chose another route. He chose the world. And Satan is the God of this world. He allowed his mind to be fed on that. He became a monster. And when I think about that statement, these people were so nice that I nearly talked myself out of it. That was the short impact of being around people of God and being around a church. That was the short impact that it had. But when the final decision was made, the consequences were inevitable. Nine people lost their lives. God refuses to change the consequences of our decision making. We create the world which we live in by our decisions. And that's what's really in your Bible. If you would like a free DVD recording of this program that you can share with friends and loved ones, write to Church of God Rocky Mount. 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 
24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. And be sure to mention the title of this program.